Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. Coming to US audiences in October is Alexei Agudisman's show, The Music Critic, which, with a cast of musicians and the actor John Malkovich, combines classical music, comedy, and theater. Alexei spoke to me recently about the ideas behind the show, what we can learn from reviews and critics, as well as how to deal with a bad review. Here's Alexei. There we go. There's your help. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> I can't wait to see that on the waveform. <laughs> so um, following that wonderful clap, Alexei, welcome to the Strad Podcast. It's wonderful to have you here today. We're going to be talking about your upcoming touring theatre project, The Music Critic, as well as a little bit about your experiences with music critics and reviewers throughout your career. So you're taking this show on the road in October later this year, as well as some dates in 2024. And I know it's a show combining comedy, theatre, classical music, not only that, but also John Malkovich, yes. the, one and only. <laughs> the one and only. Tell me a little bit about the project. Well, uh, essentially, it is a combination of the most horrible reviews about some of the most beautiful pieces of music ever written. And uh, as John and I like to say, it's one of the most encouraging pieces that, that are out there for musicians and creative people. You may say, what? How can that be? I mean, it's all about the horrible reviews. First of all, not all the reviews are exactly horrible. We have interspersed some reviews that are not quite so bad, but also it is a real encouragement because if you are able to be criticized when you are Bach, Beethoven, Brahms, Mozart, Debussy, then I think it's okay to take a little bit of criticism yourself. That's really the encouraging thing. The the whole piece, basically, I came up with the the concept of it already quite some years ago, I think maybe 15 years ago or something like that. And I did it for the very first time in Dubrovnik at Julian Rachlin's festival back then. We did it for the first time. It was very exciting. I put together basically the concept of a horrible music critic who is going to just rip apart every single piece of music that he hears sometimes before the music, sometimes even during the music, to point out all the horrible bits of music that there are. But of course, obviously, the the music is astoundingly beautiful and hopefully beautifully played by us. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, the point is not just to point out how they are wrong, but also to see whether music critics may have been right. And that is really the the very, very fascinating thing. Tell me a little bit about the setup on stage. So you guys are going to be joined by the actor John Malkovich on stage, as well as a cast of musicians. Tell me about the interplay between actor and musicians and, you know, the reactions between the two disciplines. It's a piano quintet of sorts. So there's me, there's Yankee Jew, who is, you know, very much my partner on stage and many, many projects. As Igudasman Jew, we do a lot of theatre and comedy together, but not just. And we are joined by a few wonderful musicians and, and we've had different casts 
so to speak. Usually one says chamber music partners, but since this is kind of musical, theatrical thing, it's kind of, I talk of a cast throughout the different years. And in the US, we have a very, very special cast. Actually, also, there's a beautiful story behind that. Uh, so we're touring the, the project from mid-October till end of, end of October, eight performances in, in the US. And we've gathered together marvelous musicians from the Menuhin School. So we call ourselves the X-Men because we're X menu and school people and uh <laughs> clever i like that that's good w- well yeah, the, the thing is it's essentially we are weird mutants uh with special powers and that's really x <laughs> x-men movie and also x-men the the x-menu and school people exactly the same we have uh, antonio lisi who is uh, one of the first generation X-Men, actually the, the son of Alberto Lisi. And he's a marvelous cellist and, and uh, taught for many, many years at the UCLA in, in Los Angeles and a very dear friend. That's that generation. He's kind of the generation of Nigel Kennedy. Then we have Sin Yun Huang, who is an incredible viola player, who was kind of my generation, my first year at Menu and School. She was still there. Wonderful person, incredible player. And then we have on the violin also, together with me, Claire Wells. And she is a very recent kind of X Menu in School uh, edition, but she's an extraordinary talent. She is one of the most talented violinists I know of today. Very, very flexible, very uh, wonderful on stage. You can actually see a few YouTube clips where we do some out of the ordinary uh, things, for example, playing like some Hans Zimmer, Sherlock Holmes variations and stuff like that, where she also sings. She's a brilliant pianist, brilliant wow. singer, but she's, I mean, she is a top, top notch soloist as well. And uh, Yankee Jew, the pianist, he's, you know, he's same generation as me, and he is one of the greatest Korean Jews out there. So, <laughs> so basically, the cast is kind of a piano quintet, and we we sit there, we play, we perform. But John Malkovich is on stage with us, and he points out every single piece of music that we play in different ways. And as I mentioned beforehand, sometimes one can see what he means. I mean, basically, every single word is actually real. So every single word in the music critic is a real critic that was written at one point or another. There's nothing made up. Like actual historical accounts absolutely. of these pieces that you're performing. Ha- absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's Sometimes it's about the pieces, sometimes it's just about the composer, but it's always, you know, related and it's real. That's what makes it astounding. And sometimes at times, for example, one of the great quotes there is, you know, Beethoven harbors together both doves and crocodiles. And that is so true. He does. Except for that particular critic, it was something negative. But for us these days, that's partly the beauty of Beethoven. He does. Sometimes he's like soft and, and you know, like peaceful. And suddenly a crocodile comes and bites you. And and that's what we love about his music. Uh, sometimes the reviews are blatantly racist and blatantly just, just horrible. For example, about Debussy, suddenly John Malkovich starts saying, you know, I met Debussy the other day and I, I was astounded by the unique ugliness of the man. <laughs> Why would you write that as a critic? But, you know, some sometimes they were just, critics were just blatantly offensive. Sometimes they had a point. But we don't only have, you know, critics of all times. We have more current critics as well in, in, in the piece. Cancelli is a wonderful Georgian composer who, who passed away a few years ago. 
Gia Cancelli. There were some recent reviews from the UK, actually, interestingly enough, where he was mentioned, you know, why the, does the BBC not commission more talented uh, young people from, you know, British composers rather than, you know, it's, it's, you know, also in certain ways racist, I think. And there was an amazing review where it said about Cancelli, which, which I absolutely adore, is one of the favourites of the public as well. It's like, listening to them, the music of Gia Cancelli is a little bit like being trapped in the toilet of a museum. So much to see out there if only someone would open the door. I mean, the inventiveness and creativity of a lot of music critics is phenomenal. And also, we're not judging the critics as an, oh, they're evil, they're bad. But very often we are admiring their creativity and coming up with something horrible, coming up with something intelligent, etc. So it's very much a self-reflective work also. But as John Malkovich, he always is astounded at how much encouragement it gives, you know, creative people, because it just shows that, hey, we should just all have a rather good laugh about it rather than being like, oh, no, I had a bad criticism. It's like, well, so did Beethoven. Yes, absolutely. It's a, quite a creative way of bringing these words to life, I imagine, because the way that reviewers write, they are confined to the medium of text, we'll say. Yes. So this is kind of a way to show a wider sense of perhaps what they mean. Yeah. You know, speaking of reviews, you know, can you remember the first review that you ever received in your career? And how did you take that? The first review? Oh, my God. Listen, I mean, I've had my fair shares of, of bad reviews too but mostly i was blessed with encouraging ones otherwise you know let's be honest here of course nobody really loves to have negative reviews nobody says oh great bring it on i mean there's a few <laughs> brilliant artists who've just turned it around i remember patricia kompachinska had on her homepage. i don't know if she still has it a page of, of negative reviews which i still thought was brilliant go girl but of course it can hurt and it can even be really so painful that for some musicians it can be super discouraging i, I Rachmaninoff uh, received a horrible review, for example, about his first symphony, and he couldn't really compose for a couple of years afterwards. I mean, the whole premiere was mm. a disaster. The, you know, he, he was, the, the Glazunov apparently was drunk during the, the performance conducting the first symphony, and it was a big, big mess. But then he went on and composed the second, and it was amazing, well, right? the second, it took a bit of time, <laughs> and especially the second piano <laughs> concerto, he dedicated to Nikolai Dahl, who was his psychiatrist, actually, who helped him out of that slump, and a hobby viola player, interestingly enough. I don't know what that okay. is saying, but it's saying something. Still gave all the beautiful lines to the cellists, though, I have to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and actually, there's a, some beautiful viola solos because of that as well, for Nikolai Dahl, for his psychiatrist. But additionally, for, about myself, there are, especially online, some horrible comments, you know, because reviews these days, we have to remember. Anyone can be a reviewer these days, right? Everyone is a reviewer, <laughs> and that's wonderful. So we're talking about online trolling, etc. So I managed to dig up some horrible stuff about myself as well. And of course, I've put it into the show. At one point, um, John Malkovich turns to me, so I would like to introduce now the mastermind of this particular piece, uh, Alexei Gudesman. Let me tell you a few things that people have written about Alexei Gudesman. And there's things like ruined a perfectly beautiful song and blah, 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 and this and that and horrible and ending with what the f***. <laughs> 
somebody writing that. It's wonderful. I really don't take that too badly. You're a person who obviously you feel comfortable in yourself, perhaps also, you know, you've gone yourself to a point in your career where you can look at it and laugh at it and make something of it. But, you know, what do you say to people who perhaps get a bad review and like Rachmaninoff, you know, have to deal with it for several years and and work through that pain? I thought about this a lot. And I think there's a certain way to deal with criticism in general, whether it's written criticism, online criticism, or spoken criticism, just somebody saying something negative, positive in whatever way to you. I think it's important to listen. Doesn't matter what it is. I wouldn't say, oh, just don't read it. Well, you can, you don't have to read it, but why don't you read it? But basically, I try to analyze it. Now, is there any truth to it? Just very objectively from outside, what would I agree with certain certain parts of it? And what did he mean? And from which point did he come? He or she, of course, not. Or they, or who, whoever writes the criticism. Does the person come from a spiteful side? Is it a personal grudge? Is it some kind of jealousy that you can hear undertones? Or is it something that the person did not understand? Also, that is another possibility, which is fine. But if that person didn't understand whatever you did, maybe you didn't make it clear enough. I think the best thing is to step outside and to analyze the criticism. And then from that point of view, actually, first of all, you can learn from it. I think any criticism you can learn from, even if that you learn that you don't read that particular person's criticism, if they're completely like spiteful <laughs> and, and revengeful, in that case, you can actually laugh about it and you can just say how, how ridiculous it is. Okay, that person obviously just didn't get it. Or one can say, you know what, they had a point. And I don't remember my first words, but I do remember a bad critic that kind of really didn't enjoy. It was one performance I did. Um, I have a, a show which I did throughout the years called Fast and Seatbelts, which is a solo violin show, but I usually have a second violinist where we do pieces of mine, uh, solo violin pieces of mine, duets, and I, I kind of, it's a kind of semi-stand-up but super virtuoso playing show. And I remember that performance, I wasn't super prepared text-wise. So some of the text I was kind of doing from, you know, not reading, but semi-reading. And then I thought about it, and, and, and the reviewer said it, that it didn't feel so natural the way I spoke. And it's true. And I realized, you know, if you are mixing genres and mixing, for example, theater and music, humor and music, etc., the problem is like, oh, you, you don't mix just a little bit of music and a little bit of theatre. You have to be full in on all sides. That's why it is actually particularly difficult, because you have to be top notch on all sides. If you go in and you don't know your material, either from one side or from the other side, it's not convincing. So actually, it's in a way twice or three times as hard to do some of those things because you need to know your text. You can't just read it or something. You know, you need to know your music. You need to be the, the, the brilliant musician that you hopefully are. If not, then I guess the, the critic or whoever is right in criticizing. It's like, listen, you know, it's great that you're trying to combine those things, but get your shit together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I imagine that sort of gave you the motivation to really kind of assess your show. Because yeah. I guess with any show like this, it goes through a workshopping stage and it's always, in a sense, a work in progress and it's always. always changing and evolving. So in a way, a critic can play a part in that creative process mm. in 
thinking, okay, what can we do better next time? How can we improve? What should we do? What shouldn't we do, as you, as you said before? Yes. So I guess in a way it's, as you mentioned, really important just to take that step back. Yeah. Just to review it, especially if you do things regularly. There's nothing wrong with it. And not take it so personally. No. Easier said than done, of course, right? Easier said than, than done, because, of course, in, in a way, as an artist, very much you, you identify with your own work. In a way, your work mm -hmm. is you. Your playing is you. Yeah. Your, the pieces that you write, the, the pieces that you create is you. But you have to see, first of all, it's not you in its entirety. It's only a certain part of you. And second of all, why not improve on the you? If somebody yeah. somebody criticizes you, you know, why not get be a better person? I think we can do that really to literally till the day we die. Yeah, no one comes into this world absolutely perfect. Yeah, and no right? and no one is absolutely perfect <laughs> at any stage of, of their life. So that that's really important. In the piece, the music critic uh, that we're performing, um, you know, all over the states. Actually, also there's a symphonic version in uh, Luxembourg that we're doing in November. So that's going to oh. be a lot of fun. Cool. It's, of course, you know, a lot of reviews that are, are real. But also, at one point, the musicians do begin to hit back at the reviewer. For, for example, after Malkovich, you know, criticizes me and, and rips me apart, I do respond with a real response, actually, uh, uh, to a music critic. And the response is, sorry, thank you so much for your, your encouraging words. May I read you a, a little response that I made to you? He says, yeah, sure, go ahead. So, so, okay. I'm sitting in the smallest room of my house and I have your review in front of me. Soon it will be behind me. <laughs> so it's, nice. it's a genius response. It's basically saying, okay, it's all caca or good for caca. So that's one of the responses. Then we have several other kind of counter responses and, and, and etc. And then the, the crucial kind of semi-ending of, of the work is I say to Malkovich, you know, I found a very interesting review of something that you did in um, Turkey, in Istanbul, uh, of a project. Uh, do you mind reading it for us? I said, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, I will. I pass him the text. And basically, I have found one of the most horrific reviews about something that John Malkovich really did some years ago in Istanbul from, from a reviewer. And I set it to music. The work is called the, the Malkovich Torment. You can actually see that on YouTube as well. When I first showed uh, John the, that review about him, apparently he said he was reading it. He fell off his sofa laughing. Uh, <laughs> he just thought it's so funny, so brilliant, so acute as well. And it really just says what a terrible actor he is how he should go back to learn acting once more go back to the steppenwolf theater to learn acting and just saying don't give this overrated an actor a visa anymore audition him at the airport <laughs> and send him home with the turkish delight and i wrote this kind of like a little bit turkish influenced music that just goes in and out and it's sardonic fun he, he loves doing that and the funny story is we did once do this piece in Istanbul. Oh, right. How did that go down? <laughs> well, the public loved it. But also the critic, we invited the critic to come. And he was super sweet. He loved it. And it was a wonderful interaction between the music critic and, and Malkovich. We filmed it. We hope to 
release it one day, this kind of interview. Mm. And it was brilliant because then everybody came together, had a great laugh about it. And there was zero animosity. And Malkovich was saying, hey, listen, I thought it was great. And he was like, no, but I'm, you know, I was just so disappointed because I'm such a big fan of yours. And so very often criticism also can come out of that. You actually maybe love the person, but you're just disappointed in what they did. It's a way to come face to face with the critic, with the actor, with the criticism itself, as we were talking about before, bringing it to life. Because I think quite often, because the words are on a page or the words are on a screen, you know, Mm -hmm. That's a barrier, isn't it? And so breaking that barrier down, presenting it in a different way, shows that perhaps that these words aren't necessarily as maliciously intended as originally perceived. Or just kind of making it a little bit more fun, I guess, and just sharing those perspectives. Uh, Absolutely, I completely agree. Alexei, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on... The music critic, I mean, you've spoken about it with such great enthusiasm that I'm sure naturally people are curious. And all the best for the tour. Thanks a lot. It'll be beautiful and horrible. That was Alexei Gudesman. You'll find the trailer to The Music Critic on thestrad.com. And right now you're hearing music from the show's upcoming audio release. Don't forget to check out thestrad.com where you'll find the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days, start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review. Be nice, please. Or a rating. It will help other people discover this podcast. Thanks for listening and tuning again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.